0: All right, and welcome to the show. This upload is coming to you February 22nd, 2017. And you're listening to the Post Money Plan podcast, where we believe empowerment comes through knowledge. Today, we're going to be talking about recruitment and the things that you should be looking at when trying to get a job. This episode is hosted by myself, Dallas Post, founder of the Post Money Plan. And today I have Peter Yeh on the show with me. Welcome to the show, Peter. Thanks, Dallas. So, Peter, we'll start off with your background and then we'll move into what things you should be doing to get the job you want. And then we'll hone in on what employers are really looking for. So if you could just give us a little background on yourself. Sure, sure. So
1: I have held a variety of jobs in my professional career. It's been fairly short. I've been working for approximately seven to eight years now. But within that time frame, I've probably worked with seven recruiters and also some headhunters as well. So think of it as an internal recruiting system that worked for the company and headhunters as the external factors. So I've worked for a variety of firms. I've jumped jobs quite a bit. I'm currently in management consulting, primarily focused on restructuring for banks as well as insurance firms. I actually have my MBA as well. And while I was there, I was one of four people who helped other students develop their skills necessary to find the job they want. So pretty applicable to what we're talking about today.
0: Could you tell us a little bit about what you were doing in the MBA program when you were helping other people? Sure, sure. So
1: it was a part-time job, but in order to actually get there, we were selected based on the internships that we received for that summer. I got my internship very quickly during my MBA program. Um, I actually interviewed once, got my acceptance and took it. So during that time frame, they asked us if we would be interested in helping other students. One, because we had the time, but two, also because we were fairly experienced in the interview process. So our job particularly were to help our MS, so master's in finance students, as well as MBA students hone in on what type of job that they wanted, as well as once they have the interview, what they can do to prepare. And we would help them prepare for those interview questions based on whatever type of job they were looking for.
0: Okay, so that's actually a pretty good segue into the meat of of what we were going to get at. So if you could just walk us through, like, if I'm in college, how do I get the job that I want? Yeah, that's a great question. And I think
1: that to really get to the core of that, I think we're not really educated while we're in college what jobs are out there. And I think that's really important to understand. So my first point would be to understand what type of job you want and why. And by that, I'm not asking you to define what type of segment you want. I don't want you to tell me finance, marketing, strategy, IT, accounting, there's varying degrees of all of those types of jobs that i uh, mentioned so if you want finance even saying business analyst is actually really broad so you have to say business analyst within a certain company could be a retail goods store i want you to be that specific in terms of what type of job that you want and more importantly why what's your passion your passion in school may not necessarily translate to the job that you want and vice versa so Be able to describe the job as well as where do you want to go? So what type of career path? Where's your end goal? Where do you want to end up? Because your first job and what you want to do is just really a stepping stone where you learn more information and and you move forward. Um, So you have to define your career path. Your next step is identify employers who hire in that field. So for instance, if you want to go in investment banking. Goldman Sachs would be probably the top choice for most people. But however, there's also depending on the lifestyle that you want, depending on whether or not you your work-life balance, depending on the complexity of your work, you might look for more mid-tier companies, you might look for smaller tier companies. So these are all things that you need to
0: look for. Which is, I guess, why you would really want to be thinking about what you want to be doing and why. So in the beginning of your process, if you're thinking work-life balance is really important to you, you may not want to go into a career and or company that requires a hundred plus hours a week from you. Exactly. Yeah. In any type of career
1: that you're looking for, you're always going to have that transition that's going to allow you to work more or work less. And obviously your pay scale is going to be very with that. It's usually hand in hand. So the next thing is really become what those types of companies are looking for. You can do that in many ways. And the first and most important way is to find someone that's already blazed that trail. Learn from them. So look up someone on LinkedIn. Maybe it's a close friend. Maybe it's a family member that's already gone through all those steps of getting into that career path. Look up someone that's already experienced and talk with them. Set up a 30-minute conversation. Send them a message and learn what their day-to-day activities are learn how they got there, learn what skills were important to be able to succeed within that position. That's extremely important because those people are going to really be the ones that can help you the most. And the second is really learn from your peers, learn from your manager, you know, work your way up. But that's further down the line in terms of your career. Other things that you can do is really network within that field. So other than just finding someone that you can learn from, also start connecting with them. LinkedIn is the most common way to do that. But there's also other ways, such as when you meet people.
0: Wait, uh, people still meet each other face-to-face these days?
1: Yes. Yes, they do, Alex. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And you can do that in conferences. You can do that meetups. There's these career meetups that might be in the field that you're interested in. You can go there and just grab a drink as long as you're over 21. (laughs)
0: And that kind of comes down to people tend to want to work with people they know versus people that are complete strangers. And if they feel like they at least start to know somebody or can get to know someone and like them, they're more inclined to want to work with them, right? Exactly. There's a statistic
1: that I found fascinating, which was essentially 85% of today's jobs and where you get in in life is based on your networking, your ability to socialize. The 15% is actually based on technical ability. Now, the ones that succeed obviously have a good mixture of both, but I think the networking, there's not enough that you can say about how important that is to get a
0: job. So, nepotism isn't necessarily a bad thing, depending (laughs) on your context.
1: But, you know, on top of that, you know, let's say you do meet someone at one of these places and you do get into a good conversation. You need to be prepared. If someone likes you right off the bat, that can literally be your interview. It can be very informal, but in those situations, I've definitely had colleagues and had people that have been in those situations where that talk or that conversation within the conference actually got them the job. Obviously, there was the final rounds and the second rounds, but that was the person they talked to were really the ones that pushed them through all those rounds.
0: And if you think of the shoe being on the other foot, if you were in the interviewer's position or if you were the person at the company trying to hire someone for an empty role... It's a slog. It's a real headache trying to interview tons of candidates, go through resumes. You can imagine it from their side It's painful. And if they can go through the process where they actually get to talk face to face with someone and they enjoy the conversation with you, they would much rather prefer that being the recruitment process than the usual grind.
1: Yeah, completely agree. When you do talk to people that you can tell, I mean, you can gauge their conversations. This might be a little more intermediate, but you can gauge their conversation, whether or not they're a recruiter. Sometimes the actual hiring manager is the person there. So you you really have to gauge your conversation based on who you're talking to. And, you know, again, I can't emphasize enough how much networking and being social in these situations really do help you in the long run.
0: And that just made me think of a point where one thing that people like actual experts in a field may be looking for from students is humility because i think a lot of experienced people have a preconceived idea that college students or younger people are are coming with this undeserved cockiness where they think you think you know everything and are turned off by that so if you come across to them where you are humble and want to learn from them they may appreciate that
1: Yep. And to, to add to that, I would also say that humility is extremely important. You can't ever say that you possibly know that field more than the person you're talking to, even if you do by circumstances. But another portion is a mix of humility as well as confidence will probably get you there. So, So we have the networking and we've covered that. Really be able to tailor your resume for that company. So this is after what you already understand what you want you can go back and forth about what the job description is, you know what their daily life is, you've talked to people within that field, you understand what's important in order to be able to succeed at that job, then you really, what you're gonna do is you're gonna really tailor your resume for that position and for that company. Now, let's say by having a chance, you don't know what specific position you want. You need to tailor a resume for really every position you're looking for. The reason is because you need different skill sets for different positions. So you really need to be able to tailor it. And again, that's based on the experience of talking to people in that field.
0: So just on that resume subject, nowadays, because of the way companies manage the resume databases online, they will actually screen out resumes completely before even a human is looking at them. So that's something to be aware of based on keywords, GPA, things like that, where you should be aware of what a company is looking for ahead of time. Because if they say they're not hiring anyone with under a 3.5 GPA, You may be wasting your time trying to fill out applications through the traditional online application portal, trying to apply there if they're screening out every resume that has less than a 3.5 GPA. So just be aware of the automation process of computers doing some of the recruitment process nowadays.
1: And in my experience, it's always easier, again, going back to that whole networking process, it's always easier to talk with someone based on your conversation, they might even be willing to take your resume and pass it directly into the hands of the HR person that's recruiting for that position. And that speaks volumes because based on what you just said, it's important to be able to distinguish
0: If you're able to successfully network and get a manager or whoever to pass on a resume for you, that's a much less painful process than having to go through the online system and screen your way through HR and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. So... After your application process, I would say it's fairly obvious
1: you're going to go through interviews, depending on how high or what type of position you're interviewing for, or even what industry. It's going to come, as a shock. you might have two interviews, you might have seven, it might be throughout a period of three months, it might be a period of two weeks. But you always need to be prepared for an interview. And being prepared for an interview spans quite a bit. You have to work on your soft skills. You need to work on your ability to answer very easy questions. You need to be able to answer hard questions, difficult ones, things like, what are some things that would make you fail? Or how have you failed in the past? Wrong answer to that, by the way, is that you've never failed. <laughs> so, so the, you know, these types of things, you need to be prepared for all of these types of questions and even to think outside of the box. There's case interview questions where they may ask you very difficult analytical situations where they'll give you a situation and you need to be able to think outside of the box. There's literally books written on that and what's the best way to do that. But you need to be prepared in any situation. It can be a happy hour. It can be a networking event, which are just really informal interviews. So always be prepared. Always know what you're looking for, what you're doing, what type of companies you want, um, as well as always be prepared to talk about your job at any point in time, especially in those situations.
0: And so one of the biggest problems would be if you feel like you're not prepared, right? And then you go into an interview and you're really nervous because you don't know like what they're gonna ask you or what you should say when they ask you something. And then you end up being so nervous that you aren't able to answer any of the questions and then they can't even understand what you're saying. And they think like, why did we even ask this guy in?
1: Yeah, and you know, I've been on the other side of that a lot. I've probably toured about 20 college campuses by now. I've gone through many first round interviews as part of the company. And many of the times you do see people stumble because one, they haven't practiced. Two, they don't know what they want to do. They just know that they want to work for your company because it's a brand name. And they've stood in line behind 15 other students to talk to you. And they get up there and they sometimes can't even really pronounce their name. Or maybe they don't even know what your company does or even why you're there recruiting. That's really the worst thing that can happen because... Then in front of the recruiter or in front of the manager that actually is looking for a position, your first impression is the most important and you've just ruined that chance by not being prepared. So yes, I agree.
0: And since they have to go through so many people, they really don't give you much of a chance in the sense that we're told don't judge a book by its cover, but when it comes to recruiting, this is exactly what they're doing because they don't have the time to wade through thousands and thousands of people and interviews and resumes. So they quickly are just snap judging people, right?
1: They are. And even if you think about it from the recruiter's perspective, you're standing there, um, let's say you're at a college job fair and you're really going to talk to them. And again, you're standing in line. They spend anywhere from a minute to 10-15 minutes with a candidate depending on how intrigued they are with your background and how you present yourself and that's that's the time you have maybe that cover might be just the beginning and maybe you're not prepared and that's really all you get to present but there's also the possibility you intrigue them they get into a conversation and you can get 10 pages into your book on the other hand the recruiter's also been standing there for six hours in a row So they really not only don't necessarily have a lot of time to spend with everyone, but they're also extremely tired. They're not there to hold your hand and they certainly don't want to be. So if you are interesting, if you do present yourself well and they really feel like you're a candidate, generally those conversations can last longer than that initial hi, hello, my name is this. So.
0: Okay, so you've given us an overview of of how the process works. So then let's get more specific about what employers are really looking for. Give us some feeling for that. Yeah, it's a great question. That's really going to start
1: out with... Different people within their company are looking for different things. So if you were to really split that out in terms of what that means, you could possibly be talking to an HR person, you can possibly be talking to a team member or someone that you would see as maybe your colleague, it could be your supervisor, your direct supervisor who's looking at your operational portion or a manager. All of these guys are going to be asking different things and be looking for different things, which doesn't make your job any easier. But that's part of why we're talking.
0: Well, who, who would you say is the most important or is there a most important one?
1: I think the most important one is definitely going to be your manager because they're going to be able to make that decision. They're going to be able to make that decision of whether or not they want you on their team and they have the power to do so.
0: But the concern would be, right, that most of the time you have to get through a bunch of doors before you can get to them.
1: Yes, that, that would be the concern. Generally, the managers are either your second to last or your last interview. Sometimes the last interview is actually your manager's manager, generally because they have the biggest hiring decision and it's generally their P&L that they have to worry about. But yeah, you're in those situations. Those are the, you know, the higher up you go within your hierarchy. They're going to be the most important decision makers. To go back, then you have your HR and possibly colleagues To touch on the subject of HR, they're going to be the first step, right? They're almost always the first step. So there's going to be different companies do this differently. HR can be for the company in general. Sometimes they'll just have an HR department that isn't specific towards any specific department. So they're generalists. They're going to be more focused on your soft skills, um, how you communicate, your teamwork ability. They're going to ask you questions that relate to possibly even your schoolwork. And then you have the very more specific, which sometimes departments have specific HR staff. So maybe they would be HR finance or something, and they might ask you more finance questions, but they're still more generalist. They don't necessarily know the day-to-day activities of what you'd be doing in that position.
0: So the big thing to note there, right, would be since the HR people aren't specialists in whatever area that you're applying for, they're going to be looking at general things like your GPA, your previous work experience?
1: Yeah, they're probably going to be looking more towards things like that. Generally, if they're already at your school, they've already looked at your school reputation. But if they're not and you're just at a networking event, they'll look at that too. Your test scores... Your GPA uh, test scores may not be necessarily as important, but at that point, any type of internship experience, uh, generally employers will look at at least a junior year internship in that specific field. If you've already passed that, don't worry as much. Try to supplement that with coursework that are related to the field or even a winter internship. Since we've already probably passed both of those, you can still do an internship during summer and that might also help you uh, to find a job later on. But also, again, they're looking whether or not you get along and whether or not you fit into the work culture of the company. So whether or not you actually would fit in in that department, An HR representative is never looking for someone that's full of themselves, um, as we've discussed before. So really showing that humility, but showing that social aspect where if you're working a 12-hour day with your team, you need to really be able to like who you're working with. So that's extremely important.
0: So once you got through past HR and now you're talking about the the team and, and you want them to want to work with you, so, then how do you impress the potential supervisor or then the manager? That's a, this is a good
1: question. You, you really impress them just based on, especially when we're talking about right up college, your willingness to learn and really soak in everything you're not going to really be able to show that your experiences have really overwhelmed that you're already ready for that job but you can really show that being out of school having taken courses within that field having had internships within that field that you've shown that you can succeed given the chance and your adaptability your willingness to learn your ability to deal with ambiguity. All of these things are extremely important when you're talking to a supervisor and a manager, and even to be able to give examples of when that happened. So that can be schoolwork, that can be within a job, that can be in your internship. Try to use it more classwork as well as internship experience, but even if you don't necessarily have that chance, try to bring up something that really shows knowledge based on whatever question they're asking you at that time.
0: Would you say it's fair to say that as you go up the ladder, it becomes less about credentials and more about personality? That's a really good question. So I would say that
1: it's really a mix. I think when you're performing interviews internally, it's really going to be about probably more so personality. Now, if you're an external candidate, you do need to really show what you're doing, but it's always, it's actually probably more towards personality as well. I would say that's really one of the most important things. Again, going back to that quote earlier, the, the knowledge that you really need to perform in a lot of positions nowadays is really just 15% of it. 85% is really that whole social aspect.
0: Well, I can give an example of the last job that I had when I was interviewing there. The actual director of the office only came in and sat in on my interview for about a total of four minutes. And half that time was talking about my golf handicap. And so he had really no concern (laughs) over over what I actually knew about finance. Because once you're in the door where he's somewhere where he can talk to you, he assumes that you have the basic level understanding and that they then want to see if you would fit as a part of the team or part of the culture there.
1: That's true. Definitely towards the final stages, those interviews are not nearly as analytical or technical as the interviews before that. So you'd probably start off with HR person is going to be soft skills. The middle is going to ask you questions about what you know about the business as well as what you can contribute. And your last interviews are really do you get along with everyone. I think one of my last interviews for a prior job we probably spent about 15 minutes talking about food from different countries <laughs> and what we'd like to eat and what we should try when we visit. That actually says a lot about them too that they can loosen up once in a while and that's that's also very important. You know, depending on what you're looking
0: for. So Again, that kind of just comes back to the part about a lot of the people that they're interviewing are probably coming in nervous and just so focused on saying exactly the right things that it's not a very comfortable experience for either party. And so if you can come in there and just have a normal conversation with them and actually relate to them as a person instead of a goalie, then they can appreciate that and reciprocate with you. Yeah, I think that's that's definitely true. So just in summary, if you had to give three or five key points that people should know when they're thinking about how to get a job that they want and what employers are really looking for, what are the main takeaways here?
1: The first is really know what type of job that you're looking for. Again, not just the industry, but your job description, what you're going to do in that position inside and out. We call it a two minute speech. Well, it's actually a 30, probably more like a 30-second speech. Be able to meet someone in 30 seconds, have them know exactly what you want to do, what industry, where do you want to be, and that's really all they need to know. If they were going to take everything they needed based on what your intentions are, in those 30 seconds, you'll be able to tell them. The second is going to be networking truly be able to network with people in that field. And that's important for many reasons. One is to understand that field more, to be able to talk to someone that can introduce you to what they do on a daily basis. It's also to talk to people in that field that might actually be able to provide you an opportunity. So networking, I would say, would be the second most important. The third would be be prepared. Dress the way that you want to be seen be able to stand out. Sometimes people have met managers in the jobs they're looking for, the positions or the industries they're looking for on an airplane. And they just so happened to talk to someone right next to them and they hit it off, they talked with each other. And afterwards they find out that they're in college and they actually got an interview right out of that and eventually the job. So be prepared at any point in time. It doesn't have to be a networking event doesn't have to be a happy hour where you actually are able to run into people, but always be prepared to talk what you're interested in doing when you're graduating. Those are the ones that really succeed to getting what they want when they graduate. The fourth thing that I would say is be aware of what employers are really looking for. Be aware of who you're talking to especially when you're in the interview process, especially when you're looking at a round one or round two, you're probably talking to someone at the HR or team member level. So these questions are going to be more focused towards your soft skill areas. Your later on stages, your final round, your middle rounds are going to be more difficult. They're really going to test you on your technical capability. They're going to ask you more difficult questions, but those are also the ones that you want to impress the most. And I think the last thing is really if we were to go full circle to what we talked about earlier is humility and confidence and having that good mix, being being confident that you're going to find what you're looking for. It's just it might take a while. It might be the next interview. It might be six months afterwards, but you have to be confident in your abilities and what you're able to provide to an employer. And you have to be humble as well, knowing that there's always going to be someone better than you. There's always going to be someone more knowledgeable, but be willing to accept that and be willing to learn from them. That will get you farther than you'll know.
0: All right. Well, I guess that pretty much sums things up. I want to thank you for coming on the show. Yeah, thank you. Happy to be here. And I think we should do another one, actually, going further into depth on how the recruitment process actually works
1: yeah not to go too far into it but there is also internal and external recruiters and they both really look at the process differently so
0: we can definitely talk about that more in the future all right well that's all we have time for today we'll catch you next time on another episode of the post money plan podcast